This is Under the Dome. On today's episode, we'll take a closer look at a bill in North Carolina's General Assembly that would benefit children and adults with autism. For the News and Observer, I'm Lucille Sherman, your host for this episode of Under the Dome. It's Friday, March 12th. My guest today is a legislator whose family will be directly impacted by this legislation if it's signed into law. Representative Zach Hawkins is a father of two boys who are four and six years old who have both been diagnosed with autism. So he's the perfect person to sort of talk about what this bill looks like technically and also what it looks like in action. I'd also like to add, Representative Hawkins is a Democrat, and this bill is in the Senate and House sponsored by both Democrats and Republicans. That's significant, especially because Representative John Bell, the House Majority Leader, a Republican, is one of the sponsors of the House version of the bill. That means that it has a lot of support behind it, given the bumpy road that similar pieces of legislation have been on in the last few years. Before we get started, we'll be right back. Representative Hawkins, thanks so much for joining me today. I'd like to talk to you about this bipartisan bill you're sponsoring, House Bill 91. My understanding is that the bill would allow behavior analysts to no longer be supervised by licensed psychologists. Is that right? Uh, that, that's correct. Um, and as the figures, the estimated figures show, there, there are only about 62 um, of psychologists that have the specialization to oversee um, uh, behavioral you know, therapists. And uh, we have 65,000 kids estimated that have autism. And so it's a direct correlation uh, between um, this, you know, removing this barrier um, will directly allow us to better serve um, those uh, folks, especially even in urban areas, but most certainly in rural areas. Gotcha. Why did you decide to sign on as a sponsor of this bill? Um, My wife and I, um, uh, found out um, soon after I received the uh, Democrat nomination for NC House at 18 that our now six-year-old um, was, you know, formally diagnosed. And then uh, months later, um, I think it was, you know, maybe maybe around election time or shortly thereafter, before I was uh, sworn into the General Assembly, we found out that our um, our youngest, Adam, who's now four, uh, was diagnosed. And so it is very, very personal. And um, our journey as parents who have flexibility and have the ability to network, um, it was incredibly hard for us. And so um, to, to get into the system and figure out how to, to navigate and ABA has just been such a godsend um, for both of our kids. And they've, they've been able to, to improve and thrive um, under the system. Again, nothing's perfect, but it, has really allowed them to explore and so to think um, that others, just because they live in the wrong zip code or um, don't have the right insurances, et cetera, don't have access, it's just, it's heartbreaking. 
So ABA means Applied Behavioral Analysis, and this bill would allow practitioners of ABA to have a little bit more freedom in their practice and thus be able to serve more kids and even adults with autism so that they can get better access to the therapy they need. Is that right? That's correct. That's exactly right. Why is this bill needed now then? Why is this the year for this legislation? Um, you know, um, it's, uh, it's, it's, the, it's the stars are aligning. Um, about five years ago, um, about, or maybe, yeah, I guess that was two, maybe three sessions ago, uh, the bill was first introduced. Um, and then it had little support in the House and even less in the Senate. Um, and then, you know, fast forward to last session, um, Chuck McGrady um, brought it, brought it up, it passed the House. Uh, you know, he and I got a chance to sort of speak passionately about, you know, what this would do for people. And it, and it passed, I think we only had two no votes in the House, and then it stalled in the Senate. The things that have changed um, are a few. First, we have some of our House members that are running Senate, so they understand the issue, have heard it before, and then voted for it before. Secondly, we have uh, we've established our IDD caucus, um, Intellectual and Developmental Disabilities Caucus, and um, through through forming that, I'm co-chairing it in the House um, with John Bradford, and we found that there are multiple, both in the House and the Senate, who have family members, friends, or children with with autism, and so um, the out of sheer uh, direct um, comparison, they they know what. Um, uh, they know the power of being served or they know the impact of not being served. And so I think that that has given us um, an ability to talk across the aisle and uh, to have people who are, uh, again, directly impacted and passionate about it. So that's why we feel um, that um, this is the perfect time. And then um, the reaction to the external reaction to the community reaction to our um, press conference and um, subsequent interviews is just overwhelming. And so everything, again, everything is aligning and people are coming together. They're rallying to contact their senators to um, to push this. And so we really think that this is the time and not to mention autism isn't going anywhere. So if we truly want uh, to be a place where the weak grow strong and the strong grow great, we have to pass this bill. So I want to rewind really quick. The House's version of the IDD caucus is co-chaired by you and Republican Representative John Bradford. Is that right? Uh, that's, that's right. Republican John Bradford and uh, so it's bipartisan and bicameral. Senator Crowley in the Senate and Senator Sarah Crawford um, in the Senate, the Democrat and Republican. We know this to be... Um, you know, an important issue. And, and again, all of us, because we either through work experience or personal experience, uh, we know that people with intellectual and developmental disabilities are not being able to maximize their potential, right? They're under, underemployed if they're adults or unemployed. They're not receiving services for various reasons. And we want to come together and do something about it, um, regardless of politics. I think it's worth noting, so currently the bill only applies to one type of certified behavioral analysts. And there are multiple different types of certified behavioral analysts in the state. But I'm told that 
every other state that licenses behavior analysts licenses this specific type of behavioral analyst. That's right. And that's serving our communities. We need to do this. And to also ensure that for people who want to come to North Carolina, um, who want to um, either come set up shop here to serve patients or for families who want to, to come here or from here, moved away and want to come back, uh, we need to make sure that this is in place. And for other, um, you know, uh, you know, types of, of therapy, I mean, after we get this done and see how, um, you know, uh, implementation looks, we can always take those, you know, take those conversations up and have additional bills in the future. This is just making sure that, again, we're, uh, we're following the national trend and responding to a growing number of people in our state with autism. And North Carolina is the only state that requires certified behavior analysts to be overseen by licensed psychologists, correct? That's right. That, to the best of our knowledge, and we, you know, all of the research independently, plus through our staff, uh, through legislative staff, and that's, that's the, uh, the common thought is that we're the only one that is wow. in that situation. And so we couldn't find the others that were not, all right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so that, that just, uh, as you can imagine, that doesn't make any sense. And we have to ask ourselves, you know, why that is the case. And to, be, and to be completely honest, it was, it was just um, people weren't aware, you know. People were not um, as aware about autism, the therapies. And so the, the education that we've been able to provide our colleagues has just been invaluable. And, uh, and, and again, just in, in talking to my colleagues that have had a brother or a sister or some family member, them being able to share that makes all the difference in the world for someone to actually listen. Because if, if you're not into the autism world or space, you just don't know. And, I, and that was probably me before I had kids. Now that I do, um, it's something that uh, I'm willing to run through a wall for and to make sure that every kid that has autism gets what they need to look at. Representative Hawkins, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Well, I can't thank you enough for, for having me and, and your willingness to highlight on this important issue, and again, this bipartisan work that's being done. We don't get a chance to talk about that enough in Raleigh. And um, this, this is something, that, as I said during the first conference, is something that allows us to see the humanity in each other and to actually do good regardless of where we come from and what party we represent. And it just, it feels good. We'll be right back. For more from our politics team, subscribe to the News and Observer at newsobserver.com slash subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and NC Insider, and sign up for our weekly political newsletter, also called Under the Dome, at newsobserver.com slash newsletters. Thanks for listening.